Thanks for tuning in to the True Vibe Podcast. Here, we help you connect to your true vibration, expand your energy to authentically align you to your highest vibrational self. I'm your host, Mary McMonagle. I am the energy expansion coach here to guide you to connect with your intuition and energy to embody the person you desire to be. Now let's vibe, tribe. Hey, True Vibe Tribe. Thank you so much for listening. Today's episode is a really good one. It's a really valuable episode to empower you in a whole other vibration. We are talking all things finances, money, understanding the power of having your finances under control and and really the empowerment behind that. And this episode was special because it was with Katie and her and I met in my life coaching program certification that I took last year and her and I got to meet in person twice. We got to meet uh, in around her hometown near Florida and when I was at a retreat, she was there and she just is such a pure grounded individual. So a little bit about Katie. She is a licensed CPA, self-proclaimed reformed rule follower, corporate escapee, Kajabi enthusiast, and mama to three little ones. She built her at-home bookkeeping business to surpass her corporate tax manager salary, working only the hours she used to commute and without relinquishing her stay-at-home mom crown. Now, she maintains her bookkeeping business while helping accountants and aspiring bookkeepers build bookkeeping businesses that support their life instead of of keeping them from living it. This episode was really, really informative uh, and I learned a lot as well. So I know you'll learn a lot and definitely you'll want to listen to this if finances and the idea of finances overwhelm you. Uh, Katie puts it pretty simple. And I can't wait for you all to listen to this episode. We'll jump right in. Hey, True Vibe Tribe. I am here with uh, such a near and dear, literally sister. Katie, how are you? Thank you so much for being here. I'm good. It's so good to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm so excited that you're here and we're going to dive into this conversation. But first, can you tell everybody listening where you're from and where you live now? Yeah, that's a nice, easy question. Usually it's like all in. Who are you? What do you do? Um, I am in sunny South Florida. I live in Hollywood, Florida, which is between Fort Lauderdale and Miami on the East Coast. Mm, Yes. And uh, Katie and I, it's uh, it's rare people who I interview that we've met, but we've, uh, and the intro, I'm going to explain how we've met, but uh, we've met um, in person uh before in Miami when I was there Katie came to visit me and she's uh, you you're so blessed in beautiful Florida but you deserve it so I'd love for you to share what you do and how you got into what you do yeah so what do I do I do a lot of things um (laughs) primarily I'm a mom of three and I was, uh, I call myself a corporate escapee, a reformed rule follower, because uh, for the younger part of my life, I went to school, got good grades, went on to get my um, undergrad in accounting, go and work in corporate, 
pass the CPA exam, get some tax experience and work my way up to a corporate tax manager before becoming a mom, which was like immediately after that. And um, at that time, I'll, I'll spare the details, but long story short, I escaped corporate one month before my first child was born. And by the time he was just about to be one, I was already pregnant with his little sister and starting to think about like uh, what the next year was gonna look like. Because for the year that I was home with him, I, I got a, a strange severance package, which left me with a bonus and 12 weeks of severance right as I entered motherhood, which allowed me to really focus on just being there with him and focus on like that part of my life of becoming a mom, which was the most important thing that I ever wanted to do, you know? But at, at the end of that year, I started to think like, okay, we're coming into a new calendar year. What is like money gonna look like? Um, and at that time I got a few bookkeeping clients that just like appeared through like connections. Actually the phone was ringing. So it was like, I was thinking, what am I gonna do? And then I think I got three leads, which were really two parties, um, like a husband and a wife and a big tech startup that needed help in a capacity like outside of a CPA firm. And I was just open to saying like, okay, I think I can do this and still just be, you know, like it's, I, I hate when I say that, just be like a stay at home mom is what I'm gonna say. And I, I hate when I say it like that cause I don't mean it like that at all. Like I wanted to be a stay at home mom and I didn't want anything to mess with that. So I, and I was supported. At that time, um, I was like living with the kid's dad and was supposed to be a stay-at-home mom and wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. But um, yeah, people started coming and I was open to saying, okay. And I, for a while, I had about five bookkeeping clients that I worked in what I called uh, or might still call pockets of time, like around when the kids were sleeping, napping and um, business just like fit in elsewhere. Like I wouldn't even have called it a business at all at that time. I I think I would have strongly rejected that word. And I was definitely not looking to grow. Like I just said yes to people who came. Um, long story short, started entertaining like an idea of creating a course. And when I was pregnant with my third daughter, um, they were all born within four years. When I was pregnant with my third and final baby, I got the hit, like the clear direction that that thing that I wanted in like uh, financial autonomy and freedom and really like the purpose of money for me in, in those days was just about enhancing my motherhood experience, like allowing me to be able to do more things with them or upgrade our circumstances um, and not at the sacrifice of them. But I realized I could do that while growing my bookkeeping business and turning it into a business and actually trying to bring in clients this was 2019, the summer of 2019. And um, I, I set the intention, I was working with my coach, Katie Fleming then still. And I set the intention to get five to 10 new clients, I think in the summer, which now that I look back was a big goal, but I signed 13 and then had to start like trying to pump the brakes because Zoe was coming. Um, and I hired three bookkeepers in the same time. So like in three months, pregnant with number number three, I signed 13 clients, hired three bookkeepers. And the intention was like now rest and enjoy like hanging out, but I'm incapable of that. And the thing that showed up next was uh, bookkeepers following me. Like, I think my client attraction brought like competition attraction. I don't consider them that, 
but I could see that. And so like, while the leads were coming into a point where it was actually stressful for me, like I can picture myself on the couch and my phone, like looking at my email and it being like a lead and then me reading it and going like, I want to help this person, but I'm not supposed to like, I set that boundary with myself that I'm not supposed to. So I can't. And then I was trying to match leads and it wasn't working. And I realized that, um, accountants have a very different set of skills and um, instinct almost that makes growing a business harder than it should be. Um, And so I started polling these people, creating a Facebook group that now has almost 1600 people in it. It's crazy. But um, at the time I was just pulling them over from Instagram. Like I didn't want to muck up my Instagram where I was talking to business owners and shift to bookkeepers. I was like, so you guys come over here and we'll talk. And I was just polling them. Like, as I had questions, like, what are you struggling with? Um, What do you want? What are you looking for? And what they needed help on was the stuff that I could do pretty easily and tell them how to package price market sell. Like they didn't need help with the skills. So um, with Zoe at two months old, I started this program that I, I just totally revamped, but I called it booked out bookkeeper, AKA Bob. And I started uh, mentoring, coaching bookkeepers, accountants on how to start a bookkeeping business. And that, so that was, um, the end of 2019. And now how long has that been two and a half years or so that I've been in that world of like really serving both sides still, I just signed a new bookkeeping client right now before we got on this call. And so I have like 30 plus bookkeeping clients, a great team of bookkeepers on my agency side. And then, um, I have two programs now on the bookkeeper side, one that teaches them those soft skills of growing a business and one that teaches like the hard technical skills of how to do the work. Wow. Oh my gosh. Your story is so powerful. Like what, from what I pulled from that, like change, like talk about not being afraid to put yourself out there. Maybe you were, maybe there was some fear. We can dive into that, but talk about, Yeah. yeah. Talk about, okay. Even like working through that fear and being able to change and pivot along the way. That's what I really admire from that share is because I see that even people listening to this, if you're someone who has all these creative ideas, but are waiting for the right moment to get started or isn't sure because you think it's going to change down the road. So you don't, you want to figure it out first. Your story is like so inspiring because it's like, get started. Oh yeah. Like, and, and when I look back on it, you know, it's years now that we're talking about, like I'm talking really about 2015 to 2022, 2015 is like near the fall of 2015 is when I was pregnant with number one and kind of jolted out of corporate um, that I could talk about that for like an entire episode. So I was laughing at myself as I wrapped saying that was the short version, but it was because I'm condensing like seven years while trying to still hit the things that matter. Um, But yeah, I I think movement, I have to be honest, I think movement movement comes pretty easily to me and adapting. um, I'm not really afraid to adapt. The thing that that I do, I think that makes all of that easier is like, I know what I'm here for. I know what I care about, but I also know what I'm good about. So like, I, I care about my motherhood. I care about myself, you know, and, and like the relationships and commitments that I have there. I care about experiences, like I, I mentioned, um, and I care about rest, autonomy, freedom, all of those things um, that I, I care about now more than ever. Um, 
So being rooted in that helps me figure out what my next move is while believing that it doesn't have to look any one way. Um, so I get kind of creative for an accountant in terms of saying like, here's the thing I want to do, but here's the thing I won't sacrifice. Also asking for, um, asking for feedback. I do that regularly, like ask people what they want and what they need and then figure out like, okay, how can I blend these? How can I make this work? Wow. Yeah. And I love that you went into like really knowing yourself and knowing what you're good at and, and sharing that because as you were right before you spoke, I was thinking, I was like, oh, I really want to dive in and ask her during that period where you, where there was so much change. And I love that you use the word adaptability while you were adapting. Was there any specific struggle that came up that was tied in with that fear? Yeah, um, I'm sure, but I have uh, like, I, it, it's hard for me to pull those back up. Like I work through them, I box them up and I move forward sort of. Um, so I can't think of them off the top of my head, but I've probably experienced everything that you could ever experience on that. Like everything. The thing that, that like, I just don't dwell there. I have a whole episode on my podcast on that because I, I did an interview with somebody that I don't know well once. And at the end of it, like when we stopped recording, she's like, oh, you're different because um, other people struggle with X, Y, and Z. I go, no, like those things happened. It's just that I like, to me, that's never the takeaway that happens, but I just had another episode on my podcast. So I have one about like um, learning from the failures and like what to do with them. It's not that I didn't have them. I just, I don't consider them that. So they're just things that didn't go according to the plan. But I don't, I think one of the things that like, especially now, I never expect it to. Like, I don't expect anything to go according to the plan. And sometimes that can be frustrating, but I like to look at the polar opposite of that too. And when I'm frustrated, like I'll catch myself doing this so much faster now. Like I see what I'm doing in my head. Like, and this is probably more on the personal side of my life, but I'll be like thought spiraling into negative worst case scenarios, fears. Um, Sometimes they're not even about me. It's like fear of someone I love and the choices they're making and what I think the cost is going to be and what I think I'm going to have to do on the other side of that. Right. And then I'm like, I'll catch myself. So maybe I'll be thought filing maybe five, 10 minutes, like say I'm doing laundry and I'm just like in this world of make believe of like some negative worst case scenario. And then I realize that I'm doing that. And I'm like, this is so made up. Like, this is so stupid and made up and it's never going to go that way. That's definitely not what's going to happen. And so instead I flip, it's like a timer in my head. I flip it to the best case scenario. And so if I just played for five minutes in the worst case scenario, I'm going to play for five minutes in the best case scenario too. And I'm going to say like, what if they know exactly what they're doing? What if I'm so wrong? And what if, you know, they blow my mind and, you know, those kind of things. Um, So I'm going to play with, with that as well and know that neither one of those things is going to happen. They're all made up. Something in the middle is going to happen. And I think I've gotten a lot better at at trusting that whatever that is, is something we, we can't know and won't know. And so like, I do not get attached to plans. I expect them to deviate. So like if I, I'm just going to make up marketing stuff here. If I were going to try a free three-day challenge and I want to sell a hundred seats, I think this is stuff that I did in like 2018. So like, oh yeah, I'm going to get, you know, 300 people in and I'm going to sell a hundred seats. And this is going to be like this big, crazy launch. And then at the end of it, like 10 people sign up and two finish and I don't sell anything. I honestly don't care. 
Like, I really don't care. So it happens, but what happens also, like the thing that I, I choose to look at in that is what's next? What did I learn? What didn't work? What didn't work for me? What did, like, what did that one person say that I might be able to feed off of and try? Cause like, if you do something on a micro level like this too, like, like say I wanted hundred people in, but 10 came in, that's a pretty intimate experience, right? And if two people finish, I have some really good data from two people that I like know finished and I can talk and learn from them and they're a proof, like they're a sample size of there's probably a million that think like this, right? So I think it's almost like a, like a scientific type of experimental thing and I just never get that attached to what's happening. That's powerful. It makes me think of if you want to make God laugh, make plans. Right. <laughs> but I love that you mentioned that, okay, with you allowing yourself to, okay, you're noticing that maybe I'm playing around in the worst case, but then being able to switch it and allowing yourself to play around the best case scenario. I feel like, uh, that's really important. And, um, it's really powerful to hear you share that now. I would love to dive into money because of your background. And I am so curious with money, you being an accountant, being a bookkeeper, handling money, what are some of people's fears that, that you have seen a lot with your clients when you're, they're handing over, they're like, here are my books, here's my money. What comes up for people around money? Mm, that's such a big loaded question. And it's funny, I keep referencing my podcast, but I just reviewed the captions for one where I read off 140 uh, bookkeeping submissions, which is really cool. Like I, I ask those questions, like questions like that, like what's stressing you out and what would life look like with that stress solved? And I read through those leads. Um, but I also like, I feel the emotions on the other side of the screen. And I think it kind of boils down to like shame, um, fear of judgment. Um, it, it feels so vulnerable to let somebody peek into that area of your life and think that it's worse than it is. Um, it makes me think of gynecologists. Like it just makes me think of that completely because it's super vulnerable. Um, and yet it's never the worst that they've seen and they don't care. Like they're just doing their job what needs to be done just another day at the office right I think the the opposite though is like I care um and so do the bookkeepers that I mentor like that's not exclusive to me that I'm a bookkeeper that cares I would say almost all of them (laughs) if not all of them really care about the clients that they're working with and they've seen it all and like they're human too so they've probably experienced a lot of it but shame and judgment I think are, are among the biggest. And then it boils down to other things like fear. It it becomes like a fear of safety. I think a root fear of not feeling safe. Mm. And if you're broke, um, or in debt or like in danger with the IRS, like all of these things that people might think in their worst case scenarios with like money, especially in their business or taxes, you feel like uh, when you boil that all the way down, you feel like you're going to lose the food on the table, the roof over the house, the job, the friends The like you start to actually, it starts to become like a, I'm going to die type of a feeling. I think, because if you don't have money, you don't have resources and resources keep you safe and alive. And I think it's like actually that primal um, that money can bring those, those emotions up. And since I work with mostly women, I think there's a lot of just like this, 
you know, storyline that we've heard and seen a million times of like women aren't good with money. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Big time. And that definitely, I know, um, a lot of that comes up for a lot of people, especially for, uh, for me in my, in my business, when I was dipping my toes into entrepreneurship, I wasn't keeping my books. I wasn't. Keeping- yeah. Yeah. I'd be more surprised if you were like, I would be more <laughs> surprised if anybody was, that's the truth. Yeah. Because I, it's like, and I would love for you to talk about this because I know personally, uh, I, it was almost of having to keep myself accountable, having to really step into that CEO. And uh, I see with my Reiki clients, the ones that work with me one-on-one who are starting their business, I'm like, you have to be on top of your numbers. You have to know your numbers. So I would love for you, I would love for your take on uh, why it is that you think people are almost afraid to, whether you're listening to this, you're an entrepreneur or not, maybe you're, you're afraid to open up your finances and say, okay, where do I uh, have to pay loans? How high is my credit card bill? How much money am I spending monthly? Um, I would love your take Katie on why, why someone who is, doesn't know that, why they won't like keep that in order. Uh, I, there's so much to those things. Um, I think it's overwhelming. It's not fun. It's cumbersome. Um, and it's scary. It's like, I think we're all overwhelmed. Tell me, like, do you feel like you have too many things to do? Like, I think a lot of people, myself included, struggle with just like making it through most days with the amount of communication and tasks we have to handle, no matter what we do. Like, it doesn't matter if we're moms or not, if we're working in the office or not, if we're even like not employed at all. Like, you've got so many things to do. And I think like COVID made me feel more over communicated with like I had too many places to go even though everything was at home and online and I felt like I was always looking at my phone with never-ending tasks and even if I try to like Instacart then I've got to be communicating with the person in Instacart and then like I got to send my kid to school with a this one needs a snack and that one needs a blanket and this one needs a water and did I empty the dishwasher and I did I didn't turn over that load of laundry and like those are the things that are going on in my head So I think sometimes it's like overstimulation in general, which makes you feel like your to-do list is too long to tackle that. But even if you had the time, you would be like, well, what do I do? Like, where do I get started? And why would I look? Because it's going to be worse when I look at it. I've heard people say that repeatedly. What I have said over and over and over again is it is rarely as bad as you think. It is almost always better than you think. And I still have these thoughts and fears. And um, like, even though this is what I do, even though I have a very strong, I have the strongest handle on my finances that I've ever had. I have the most systems in place. I have done some different places where things go and like, not budgets, but like assigned, my money is assigned to certain things. Um, And every month, like this is really gonna shut some people down. So try not to be shut down by what I say here. But every month on the first of the month, I I don't just do my bookkeeping and I do my bookkeeping first. I have 30 clients and I do mine first. Um, That's like a a self-care thing um, in not putting yourself last in if money is as important as we say, and it's, it, it is, and it isn't okay. Like, I don't want anyone to hear this and be shutting down thinking that I'm saying like money is so important. It's not, 
it's a tool. And it's a tool that allows you to accomplish the things that actually matter, but it is a real tool. So like, it's a tool that, that can carry weight. When you have it under control, it has less control over you in a negative way. And you get to use it to your advantage, including all of the things that you want to do in your life, plus all of the things that you want to do for other people. Um, and so money gets to be a source of like freedom. And this is a, I want to credit it appropriately, like Rachel Rogers. I love listening to her stuff and she'll say like, wealth is an act of rebellion. And I love it. Like that is such a a beautiful thing. Like if you think like you're a marginalized community or whatever, like if you get wealth in your hands, you're able to effectuate change, not only for yourself and have some autonomy and not have people pulling strings over you with money as the thing and money as the mechanism for control over you. Um, So you get to take power back and you get to make change. So you get to take it back in your own life. You get to have like one of the things that I did this year that's really freaking cool and bougie is I, I bought a golf cart. I'm riding that golf cart around with my kids and I'm having a blast. Money allowed me to buy that golf cart. Money allowed me to just have that experience, right? Money for no reason isn't the thing, but what are we going to do with it, right? So when we realize that money, it has a purpose and we stop thinking of it as good in and of itself or bad in and of itself, we can just figure out how are we going to use these resources. And business ownership plays into this to me because business ownership is the way that you can control how much comes in and out better than if you're at a job. Like you can really play with that, especially in today's world, like with the internet and the ability to to reach and, and make money, not easily, but I mean, infinite possibilities, right? So we can play in that. So business feeds into having the money to then push out and assign it and, um, and do what you want. Those are the things that matter, but money makes it possible. And if you're struggling with money, whether you're ignoring it or not, it's there. Like, you know, it, it's like that humming, like that of like an appliance, like you ever have the refrigerator make that noise and like, eventually it stops and you can breathe again. Like that's like the money stress, that like ambient noise in the background that's actually like jabbing at your soul. (laughs) It can be like that when you don't have it under control. So facing that is obviously very scary and not having a system in place makes it even harder because even if you wanted to tackle it, you wouldn't know what to do. Um, And I guess I beat that all up where, where like, hopefully people are still listening to allow a breath for a moment and then say, it doesn't have to be that hard. And even if you're struggling today, it can all be fixed. And just like, I don't dwell on like past things that didn't go right. It's the same for your money story. You can start it differently today. And even if you're nowhere near where you want to be, knowing where you are is the best place to know what your next step is. So that ultimately you take a series of steps that gets you to a place that you want to be. And it's possible. Mm, I love that you said that you just like how you don't dwell in the past, it's the same thing with money. So if you're always thinking about shit that's going on in the past, like, yeah, you're always going to be thinking about, oh my gosh, all the, all the money problems as well. And, and that's really powerful that you mentioned that when you take control over your money, you're taking your power back. You're giving yourself more control and more freedom now for people and safety and safety. Yeah. You feel so much more safe for people listening 
who are wanting to take some of that power back and, and have a little bit more safety and control today, where, where could they start today? By like getting on the scale, doing like a check-in and seeing where you are. So figuring out like what you have. And I, I think I started to say, I don't know if anybody, like I, I didn't remember where to, where to pull it back into, but the monthly process that I have is I do my own books, but I also go in and I, I do a net worth. I have a net worth calculator that, that I created and I go through and do that. So it's like um, net worth is what do you own and what do you owe and what is the difference? So like what cash assets, you know, do you have 401k plans? If you have a house, what's it worth? And then what do you owe on it? So like, what's your mortgage? What credit cards do you have? What student loans do you have? And stuff like that. And then I, I figure out like what I've got at the end of the day. And um, I kind of group some together and I look at it, but like looking at your net worth, I think is the probably one of the clearest indicators of where you sit financially. And it's simple in that like, for a lot of my younger clients, there's not that many things that are going to make that list, right? Um, checking accounts and things like that. And then debt. And a lot of people, like if you're listening and thinking like, I don't want to look at that because I have a negative net worth. Yeah, that's normal. Like it's not abnormal. Um, knowing what that number is, what, whether it feels good or bad, knowing what that number is, is how you're going to say like, all right, my goal is to increase this. And if you're at like negative 20,000, your goal is to be like a million. <laughs> Let's just make it negative 10 today and then get to the point where it's zero and then get to the point where it's positive, right? Like that's your, your best baseline for knowing what you have with money. So just looking at that, if you own a business, looking at what your um, profit and loss is, like, what are you making and what are you spending? Those are two different things because one, like you can profit in your business and st then spend more in your life than you profited in your business and go negative on money. Um, so profit alone isn't the biggest indicator. And even if you're profiting in your business and it pays for your life, you still want to move it into ways that like grow your overall net worth. Um, and those are the things that like at the end of the day, like if you were to sell everything, that's what you have. Like that's what you have to play with. Those are places you can pull from. So I think like getting an assessment on your net worth and if you're a business owner, getting assess an assessment on like how your business is doing, are you making money or are you operating a business that's actually losing money, which is okay also, like normal in the beginning. So both of those things that might be big fears of like, I might have a negative net worth and I might not be profiting, you would be normal. That would be okay. That's a, that's a starting point. But is that the goal? No. So here's the thing too, like, do you think that a lot of people listening are business owners? Like, should I stop that? Mm, I think a lot are aspiring. I think even in like yeah. important because in 20, you know, or in 2022 or whenever you listen to this, uh, a lot of people are starting brand side hustles. It's, or maybe yeah. just sparking that light to think about being a business owner, entrepreneur for sure. Yeah. Cause it, it plays in and I think it's relevant, but I don't want to beat it up too much. If not, um, I don't even think this, like this part doesn't need to be edited out. I think it's a good part of like, are we on track? Um, but here, I, I have a few tools. Okay. I have the net worth tracker that shows you what your net worth is. 
I have like a DIY profit and loss tracker that will help you keep track of what you're bringing in in your business and what you're spending to know if you're profiting. That one's really nice because that one, like you're not attaching too much meaning to like what it means for your whole life. And you're able to see how am I doing? Because the biggest way that you're going to be able to change your net worth is to increase what you're bringing home. And like I said, if you're working in an employee relationship, that's a lot harder to do. You have a lot less control. And I don't like budgets. I don't like hoarding finite resources. I like going out and like going into a new pond and finding new resources and creating more. I like to expand instead of like, constrict. So I like to play with what can we bring in versus what can we, um, how can we make these resources stretch? That's what a budget is to me. I, I like to go out and find more resources and make sure that we have the resources that will actually accomplish those goals. Um, so for the personal stuff, I also have something that's called the spending savior that just lets you see what you actually spent in your life. And what you brought in. So like if you're an employee or even if you're a business owner, you're able to see like, what money did I bring in and what did I spend personally and where did it go? And I don't do that at all every month. That's something that I go in and more do like, I'll look at a quarter of spending and earning, just pull myself in on some personal spending. So these are like good practices and ways to think about like, what is money doing, right? Um, and when you can see what's happening, you adjust and, and that's the thing. So this is all very like coming back to that ad adjusting. It's a clear picture. And if you get help, that's great. If you just sit down and probably block, like if you're a business owner, you can sit down and do your profit and loss for a month in about a, a, an hour, maybe. It's not that much time. And if you're gonna do this exercise on like personal spending and what you're bringing in personally, that might take a maximum a maximum of four. I think it's going to be less, somewhere around one to two to look at a, a quarter. It's not the time or the system. It's the dread of looking at it. Yes. On the other side of looking at it, you have clarity mm. and then you can make better decisions. And so I say like with bookkeeping, because I'm always talking to bookkeepers and as bookkeepers, we're pretty um, emotional ourselves. And we take on like a lot of stuff energetically that isn't ours. So we look at pictures sometimes. I, I don't do this, but like it's a it's a natural thing to look at somebody else's numbers and worry and want to help. Um, and as bookkeepers, we can't increase profits. We can't change the way you're moving money. What we're doing though, and what you can do yourself with something simple is putting the puzzle pieces together to show you what happened. And you know what to do next. The business owner knows what to do. The person spending the money knows what to do because they know how it feels. Mm -hmm. So like when I compile a, a PL for myself, that's a profit and loss statement. When I compile that for myself and my business, I know how much energy, stress, or joy the income brought me from the different places. And so, so I can feel out which one of these things was the most worth it, Right which one of these ways of bringing money do I want to go after more? And the dollars are usually not the indicator, mm -hmm. right? Does that make sense? Yeah. Like if you do three different things in your business, which is I think common for us, not maybe not all businesses, but young businesses, it's common to like 
Can you give me examples of three things that you sell in your business and I'll run with that? Yeah. So I have my courses, one-on-one coaching and my uh, Reiki program. Right. So if I were to compile those numbers for you, which one of those things is hardest for you? Mm, to com- like to like calculate at the end of the month? No, like which energetically, which one of those carries more weight? Mm. Which one of those can you tap out on? Which one, which one makes you thought spiral? Mm. Which one, which one, when you're pursuing it can pull from another one that you actually want to pursue more? Oh, that, I mean, I love all of them to be honest. Um, I would say, I would shift a little bit then if there's only the one thing is for me, um, beach yoga starting up. So that's like, uh, numbers and, and, uh, consistently coming in like random all day, every day. So that is, I guess the more so, but not even really that because I can just pull it up at all at once. Um, okay. That's awesome. Um, but let's go with that. Let's say like beach yoga is something that you're doing because it consistently brings in a lot of money, but it's also a regular thing in your head. So if, even if it's once a week in your head, you're like, Oh, did I promote that? Did I reach out to this person? Did I do that? Like it takes up a lot of headspace. Yes. And, um, then sometimes it rains and it has to be canceled. And like, and because you're focused on beach yoga, you're not able to finish the recordings of your course. And you haven't really promoted it, right? I'm just making up scenarios, but I'm going to literally spot on though, because it's like, yeah, oh, because you know, it's ten dollars a person. So um, and maybe I get 20, 30 people every every Saturday. You like that's I mean, I'm so thankful for the money, but there's so many other things that I could be doing to um with that time, or even if I'm hiring somebody to delegate that task, it's 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 like I'm almost breaking even, which again, it's I love doing it. So yes, hundred percent. Right. Yeah. So sometimes when I put these pieces together, like people will know what their people tend to know, like business owners tend to know what their sales are as an aggregate though. Like, so they might know I made $5,000 this month. They don't know where it came from necessarily because they can't keep track of all of that over the course of a month. They know they made the sale. They know they paid the bills, they, but they're not paying like close, close attention to what that all breaks down to. So when we come in or when you do a, a, when you put a system, a simple system in place that allows you to do it yourself every month. And then if I break this down for you and I show you beach yoga brought in $750 and your courses brought in 700, but you spent all of your time on beach yoga and you haven't yet even really launched the courses. And this isn't even about courses. It's just an example. And you're really passionate about the courses, but they've been waiting because of your obligation to beach yoga then sometimes people shut down their biggest income earners and pursue the secondary one because they haven't even tried that hard and it's working and it's what they want to pursue. And they can realize that like some type of income is actually a bottleneck on the income. I watched somebody shut down and, and like, I like the way you're talking to because this isn't a knock on any kind of service and it's not guiding on any kind of service. Cause it's, this is what I'm saying. I don't know this. It's intuitive to the person. It's looking at the picture and then you knowing where your energy was. Um, but I've had people shut down one-on-one coaching and go straight into group. And so they go from like 10 K months of one-on-one coaching to 30 K months on group. 
um, because they can see that even though those people bring in more dollars and those sales might feel better at the one-time hit, there's a capacity. And then there's the energetic side of if they're working with maybe a misaligned client, then they're doing a lot of like not only time with the client, but then time maybe questioning their self on the other end of it where they might be better suited to like say, okay, I'm gonna focus on this smaller offer. I'm gonna help more people and I'm gonna restructure it in a way where I can uh, reach more people. So what I'm saying is numbers are a story and the best interpreter of the numbers is the person whose numbers they are. But having the picture is the way that you can do that clearly versus spiraling in the, I don't know what's going on world. Like when it's not being done at all, then you don't know what's happening. So you're just continuing to do everything and not getting that check on what's working, what could be working better, um, what should I do less of, and uh, where can I improve? Mm, Yeah, exactly. I'm curious, uh, this question was coming to me, what has money taught you? Um... I I think like, I just see a ton of gray in money now. And I like it. Like I said that recently. And I think that, that that's what bookkeeping has taught me. And I think um, there's a lot of like bad advice about money from like personal finance people, because they focus more on the budget and restricting and disempowering Mm. than they do on assuming that with the right knowledge or way of looking at things, that you have like, you have the ability to be just a conscious spender, conscious earner. Like some advice that I'm talking about is like, don't use a credit card. That's such disempowered advice. It, it assumes that like you're broken with money and you will always be broken with money. And so you cannot manage a credit card. Like, no, how about we just explain what a credit card is for and how it can be used correctly and what not to do and baby steps to get you to the point where you build trust in yourself and correct like a bad situation. So like anyone who's listening to this podcast, Mary, believes that they're in control of their mind, their life, right? And that at any point they get to rewrite their story. Your money story is no different. Mm. And so- adopting like this empowered belief that you're in control of your life while still carrying a belief that says that you can't manage the tool that allows you to pay for your life. It's not aligned. Mm. We can do better than that. And we can, we can believe that we're better than that. And we can stop listening to the gurus tell us that we can't manage our money. Yes, we can. Yes, Yes, we absolutely can. Yes, I love that. And I love what you shared about just like trusting yourself too, because it all goes hand in hand, especially, um, you know, if you're listening, this is very empowering information. It can feel overwhelmed, especially if it's, if it's something that is maybe a little bit triggering or a little bit overwhelmed, but it's so important to, to learn. And, And just by hearing all these powerful shares, you're really stepping into that power. Uh, so Katie, I would love to wrap this up. Can you tell everybody how they can find you work with you, connect with you, all the things. Yeah, I I would say like you touched on a lot of these things are overwhelming. I probably did little bits of what's all like a 45 minute podcast episode on its own on my podcast. So if you're looking for more about credit cards, I have a whole episode. If you're looking for getting control of your spending, I have a whole episode. If you're looking for understanding your net worth, a whole episode, Um, a P&L 
whole episode. What should your profit be? I've got all of those things broken down so that they're way more digestible and step-by-step. So I would recommend um, connecting with me on Instagram at orderly accounting by Katie. I've got the link to my podcast right in my bio. Um, I do talk a lot to bookkeepers on there and I'm working on creating like a resource that's like, if you're an, an entrepreneur, here are the ones for you versus like a bookkeeper. But if you want, like, you can just message me and say, I heard you on Mary's podcast. Um, I want to understand this, but can you break this down a little bit more? And I'll, maybe I'll compile some of the, maybe we can do that. Like I'll give you some of those episodes that can be put in your show notes. Um, That would be my recommendation is to hear this. And even if it felt like too much, uh, believe the message that it's really not too much that um, I, I think one of the things that I'm the best at is breaking this down simply while like having the awareness that this is emotional and it, it, there's resistance and it doesn't come maybe naturally immediately, but I'm going to break this down in English. And the, one of the reasons why I even started online to begin with was to do this. So I love being able to still have these conversations, you know, and not just focus on mentoring bookkeepers or running the bookkeeping agency, but help people who are more in those beginning stages, hear the things they need to know before they're at that stage of like really outsourcing help. Um, So I'll link, I'll, I'll share with you some episodes that I think would be relevant. Amazing. Thank you so much. I'll make sure if you're listening that that's all linked in the show notes and definitely check them out. Learning about all this stuff was so game changing for my life, for my business and everything. So if you're curious, really lean into that. Like Katie said, it's, it's normal. I love that you shared that because um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's totally normal to feel all that. Now, the final question, which I ask every guest is uh, we are the true vibe, but true vibe podcast so all about energy the energy of how you want to feel yourself and then how you want others to feel uh from you so what is your true vibe Mm, I think grounded yeah 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 like rooted yeah that makes a lot of sense because all you do and how well you show up and how successful you are so I love that. Well, Katie, this was so informative and I know, um, I got a lot of value myself. So, uh, if you took any value from this, please tag us, let us know. And thank you so much for being a guest. And I'm so grateful you're here. Thank you for having me. All right, everybody listening. Thank you so much. And I'll talk to you all in the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you enjoyed this episode and are ready to help others connect to their true vibration, share this with a friend, hit subscribe, and leave a review to let me know how this podcast has impacted you. Other ways to connect with me, check out the show notes to follow me on Instagram at MaryMC4 or check out my website, truevibewellness.com. Sending you all the love, all the light, and all the highest vibrational energy.